This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divided, uh, recording on April 26th, Wednesday before the NFL draft. Uh, tonight, we're joined by Dave, Keith, Matt. I'm your host, Rick. All right, guys. Well, first thing is, uh, are, are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to do it? <laughs> it sure looks like it, right? I mean, surely this is not going to be another year where they lose three straight, right? Like. Well, yeah, and then Tampa, Tampa's just got to be kicking itself, uh, giving up a game-tying goal in the last minute of the last two games, which, yeah, which then translates to Toronto thinking, okay, this is finally it, which means they'll probably lose the next two games. So. <laughs> if they do, then it's it's just destiny, right? It's just yeah. stone. <laughs> or, or, or density, so. <laughs> yeah. But – this is going to sound real. I don't, I don't mean for it to sound the way it's going to sound because of where he came from. Is it the Ryan O'Reilly factor for this group, though? Like him and Achari? Like there's nothing else that really changed besides a guy who's done it. Well, when you check the key goals, I mean, when I'm checking the I, – I, I've seen most of the games, but then I'll go back and look. I mean, you know, Riley's in the middle of a lot of it. Yeah. I, I saw it because then when I, when I've watched a lot of the hockey now the last two weeks, and he's always the guy dragging him just into the inside fight. the blue line, keeping the puck in, keeping it moving, keeping it going. From, he's in front of the net, taking the shot. I, I, I'll give him credit for you know, he's he's one of the few guys in that team that's in there taking shots all the time. Well, there was the one sequence. Uh, was it game two? I'm not sure which game it was, but. And they they it led to a goal, and it was Achari who who tipped it in. Um, but uh, game three, I think that was, first was a game, game three. three. Uh, yeah. Tampa was Tampa was well it was inside the blue line first, uh, or at, at center ice. He he stole the puck, dumped it in. Then uh, Tampa regained possession, was about to get out of the uh, zone, and he uh, uh, picked up somebody's stick, stole the puck, and then that led directly to the goal. You know, I mean, it was it was all him. Yeah, I mean, and I don't even, I mean, I wasn't even talking so much on ice stuff. It's just like, did he help with that belief inside the room? Like, I think their biggest thing is is not uh, talent. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of how not to, how not to say it kind of, you know, nonchalantly but yeah i don't think their biggest thing is yes definitely the approach and and the mindset of like oh here we go again i think is toronto's biggest thing and 
that's what I, that's why I think it might be. Well, it's noticeable when he's on the ice that he's working harder than most of the people around him. Yeah, and just like, like I said, just the ability to like drag people into the fight. I mean, the hit on point by Morgan Riley that led to the brawl, and all of a sudden you see Matthews dropping the gloves with Stamkos, and O'Reilly's dropping the gloves and takes up a Gordie Howe hat trick in a playoff game. Like, you know. I, yeah, maybe it took them, because that first game, you thought, oh, boy, here we go again. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, we actually had a podcast right after that one. We're like, yeah, same old. And then they yeah. came out and waxed them. But um, other series, Edmonton, the other team that we all we compare to Toronto, they're up 3 2. Uh, I am very, very much incorrect or have been, about Florida pushing Boston to the brink. They're down 3-1 in a series. The game is currently tied 1-1. Yeah, they've been skating uphill the entire series here. Yeah. just can't, uh, uh, other than maybe, uh, well, the one game they won, and there was a, you know, maybe stretches here and there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, just just, when you watch it, it just has that feel that it's inevitable that Boston's going to win. Yes. And they're playing down two guys. I mean, I'll steal it right now. Well, Bergeron came back today. Bergeron, yeah, he, he came back today. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Florida just doesn't look the same as, like, I thought they were going to for a team that had to battle their way into the playoffs so much. They don't have the stash behind the behind the bench. That's right. I mean, <laughs> Paul Paul Maurice is a pretty pretty decent coach, but to that point, yeah, he's Paul Maurice's uh, furthest he ever got. Well, no, I take that back. I guess he got to the Cup final, and I think he was the coach in two thousand two in the Cup final for uh, Carolina. Uh, other series, Carolina is up 3-2 uh, over the Islanders. The Islanders made it 3-2 last night. Um, Colorado and Seattle are tied 2-2. They have game five tonight. No Kale McCarr for uh, suspension for well then worthy suspension for that hit. Um, the Devils and Rangers are tied 2-2, and Vegas is up 3-1 over the Jets. Any other takeaways? Oh, I forgot. Minnesota trails Dallas 3-2 in their series. That happened last night also. Yeah, that uh, Felino's having a little bit of a tough series there, huh? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe he needs to keep his mouth shut in the media. Well, yeah, and, and uh, I mean, that penalty last night, it's, oh, yikes. I mean, dude, you, you just got to know. Uh, well, he's been running around like that the whole series, though. He, yeah. Pushing the body as far as he could in the body anyway. <laughs> Well, he the previous game, especially the first call, uh, you know, he got screwed. Yeah, that was not a penalty. The one where he went to go check the guy and he took a high stick and they called a trick. 
Well, that that was the second one. The first oh. first one was earlier in the game. Oh and he yeah, he got called for penalty, and and it was just a normal hockey. The, hit the one behind the net. It was big and loud. The one yeah. behind the net yeah. where he hit the guy from behind. Or not, yeah, and they got a the power guy. play goal out of it. Yeah, and then the other one where he <laughs> went for the guy, kind of whiffed, took a stick to the uh, nose, slammed into the boards, and got a tripping penalty. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> So it was kind of funny. So Paul Bissonette, uh, after that happened, tweeted, he goes, it was something along the lines of like, man, did Felino ride to the rink with the ref's girl or what? <laughs> but uh, any any other takeaways for NHL? I know it's not something that we can talk a little bit more later since we got a big a big topic today with the NFL draft to get to, but any other quick hitters? Kane is uh, here and there, but not a consistent player, just like Tarasenko, which, you know, doesn't really surprise me right now um, for them. And uh, Colorado might be in real trouble. Those are my, those are my two takeaways. Seattle might pull this out. Yeah. Wouldn't that be sweet? <laughs> no, it would. I would love to see Crouchy uh, lose the cup in the first round. Uh, on to uh, the other playoffs that are going on, um, the NBA playoffs. We didn't talk much NBA last week because our resident NBA guy, Matt, was was out. Uh, the only thing that I do know, really off the top of my head, is that we – our old boy Quinn Snyder has the Atlanta Hawks up three two over the uh, Boston Celtics right now. And now Boston's up three three two. Or, but oh, I heard that wrong then. Yeah, but Trey Young, Trey Young, I mean, basically takes the team on his on his shoulder yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Quinn Snyder, might, yeah, <laughs> work working his magic, magic of playing his star player a lot. Yeah, <laughs> tough the, tough call. The there. only other thing that I heard because they were talking about this. So Atlanta at. Phillips Arena has. Um, oh yeah, Janet Jackson. Right? Janet Jackson tomorrow <laughs> night, and then three straight nights of Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, so what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> Same Louis Sports Commission apparently made a phone call. <laughs> They didn't, they didn't have much faith in their team. Said, said uh, <laughs> no, exactly. Oh, but apparently the St. Louis Sports Commission made a phone call and said, we can host game six of the playoffs. Jason Tatum's a St. Louis kid, and they used to play here in St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Hey, uh, game six is now in St. Louis, Missouri, instead of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Well, uh, the uh, isn't there a Boston connection to St. Louis? Uh... Jason Tatum, yeah. No, no, I mean, uh, oh. NBA-wise, uh, what you call it? Um, no, maybe I'm making something up here. I know they – well, they were supposed to play here the year COVID happened because of Tatum. They were supposed to play the Bulls in a preseason game. But, I mean, let's be real. The easiest thing to do is just move the three nights of Taylor Swift that first night back a night, right? Like, Or move Taylor Swift to St. Louis. Yeah. Oh yeah, right. I think she's already coming here sometime. All the Swifties flying to St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Just refund them all their money. It'll be okay. Yeah, that'll yeah, that works out. That that would end well, right? Just ask, <laughs> just ask Morgan Wallen how it happened down in uh, Oxford. <laughs> Couldn't handle old Miss and. But Matt, anything else going on in the NBA that we need to be aware of right now before we get to when it really matters? Well, 
Yeah, uh, Jimmy Jimmy uh, Butler was one I was going to bring true. up. Yeah, I forgot like about he was talking about a lot. Yeah, historic performance. Uh, yeah, score not yet though. They said points. because they can't count the play-in games apparently as part of the playoffs. So his playoff totals are not historic just yet. Yeah, but his last that last game he had. I mean, just yeah, he, he won it single handedly. They were down. He scored two different times. He scored twenty points in a row for his team. You know, so it's it's unbelievable what he's doing, but. But Milwaukee's down to Giannis, so it's kind of, you know, they're a little shorthanded too. But, yeah, and then you see Laurie Marketing getting most improved player of the year and Jimmy Butler carrying his team to the playoffs. And, you know. I think the Bulls <laughs> traded away the wrong guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they said about uh, Philadelphia too because they had Jimmy Butler, but they got rid of him and kept Tobias Harris. And, man, you know, that was probably – No, they also traded Ben Simmons though and got James Harden, so at least they got a deal – yeah, out at one point. You got somebody that can actually play basketball. Yeah. Uh, I think the other, probably the other noteworthy thing is the the Memphis Lakers series, uh, where that that Dylan Brooks guy was basically bad mouthing LeBron James after they they took a game from him, <laughs> and then I, the whole next game he was just getting booed like so loud. Like, Did he get to punch the ball? Then he got ejected because he hit LeBron. Did he get suspended? Uh, I don't think he got suspended. Oh, I thought I, I thought I saw something that said he got suspended. Maybe again, I don't pay enough attention, so it might have been just clickbait. And I don't really, I didn't click on it to read it because. No, I don't think he got suspended. But yeah, no, he, he, yeah, he, 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 uh, he got LeBron James below the belt a little bit on a, a pretty nasty little. Backhand. Uh, that was. It, it just wasn't a good, good game from it. Yeah, it's playoff basketball. Let them play. Yeah. Let the boys play. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of a similar, you know, where it's like he's he comes out in the media and talks all the trash, and then the next game, it's. I don't. I, I think it, it started out. They they scored the lowest in a quarter for a playoff game. I want to say it was they were either tied, or they scored the lowest. I believe it was like. 10 points or nine points in a quarter or something like that. The Lakers held him to the day after he came out and talked to trash to the media. But I don't know. That's, you know, why 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 poke the bear if you're not even like a star player? <laughs> so, I think that's when you do poke the bear. So then your name gets remembered. You get a little bit more money come. Yeah, you get remembered as an idiot that screwed it all up. Because well, what was the guy's <laughs> name that blew? What was the name? The blue in LeBron's ear from Indy? Stevenson, oh, yeah, Slant Stevenson, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, similar, similar scenario. That's just kind of funny. But uh, anything? Go ahead, Matt. No, but other else? than that, yeah, I think Sacramento came out strong against the Warriors. Uh, took the first two games, but now the Warriors have uh, came back and it's tied two-two. So it was kind of one of those like, is Sacramento going to do it? You know, they actually, I, I think I don't think they've won a playoff series since I don't know if it was, it was two thousand two, early two thousands. Yeah, early two thousands. When the, when the uh, Divas teams okay. and everything. Right. Enjoying yeah. the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> my, my daughter is down here. She's uh, delivering dinner. Oh, no. So <laughs> what's on the menu? Lady. What time she, does he get here to say Charles? <laughs> <laughs> They're taking she's taking orders. She's taking orders. She can also uh give the background on all the Alabama players who are um you know gonna be yeah. drafted. So you know. I mean Keith, 
Keith, that's all up to you whether the guy goes first overall or not. Yeah, I'm okay. I got some thoughts on that, but I'll I'll wait. <laughs> hey, fans! I know you like what you hear, so do us a favor: hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. So, okay, we'll move on to the MLB. Um, okay, I admit it. Last podcast, I said the Rays, I didn't fully believe in what they were doing because they had played uh, Oakland and Detroit and Washington. I mean, now they've played teams like the White Sox. But uh, I think they might be for real this year. They they ha- they just like they just have something extra, maybe different extra. I don't know if, which way you want to toss it around, but I don't know. I mean, they lost what they lost the series. What are they? I'm looking here. They just lost their first game at home last night to the Astros in a shutout. Yeah. Okay. So they lost. They lost the series to the Blue Jays. Beat the Reds in a series. I mean, obviously beat us. The White Sox are horrible. I can't have stopped watching. I thought maybe it was me watching. So I'm just like. It's been about 20, 22 or 24 innings now without a run. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> they don't look like they give a damn out there. No, it's it's real bad. Yeah. I, it's it's got to be something with the, the upper range. Well, it's Tony LaRusso's fault. Yeah, yeah. It's, always, it's always been Tony's fault. It just it's just it feels just like the clubhouse culture or just the organizational culture. It's just just there's something well, they overvalued, really overvalued all those guys. A lot, not all, not most, all. Yeah, maybe so. And then they paid them early on for these guys. They grew up, you know, they weren't used to getting a paycheck. You know, or like so that. It's it's a it's a double edged sword, right? If you can lock up a player, let's say Lou, you rock up Louis Robert for four or five years on a good deal, and he turns into Mike Trout. Now you're looking like that was really smart. But then you know if he is an average player, well, you know then you're kind of kicking yourself. But I, I understood, and when they were doing all the deals, it made sense. You know, I was I was excited about him. I was like, oh yeah, if we can lock up Yoan Makata and Lucas Giolito. Tim Anderson and Lewis Robert and Eli Jimenez, they, that's great, right? You know, then we have some financial freedom when they're in their full prime, um, but uh, it's not looking so good right now. So and I don't think it's that the players are bad. I don't know that the players are amazing either, but that, I mean, everybody is underperforming. I don't think anybody should. Well, they're average. Like they're all the same guy. That's the, the, the problem is that the, the roster that's what I've been, been saying it for a couple of years. Yeah, it's it, the, that's what I didn't understand about like, like I guess those are guys that they didn't lock up in Vaughn and Sheets and Berger and Eloy. They didn't lock those guys up, but like, because those are all the same. Those all should be more than not DHs in the game instead or first baseman. Um, Matt, I do have a question for you. Would you take like uh, Dylan Carlson, uh, Gordon Graceffo, who's like our number three pitching prospect, um, and I don't know somebody like McGreevy, another pitching prospect for Dylan Cease, because 
I think that might be a phone call the Cardinals make here soon to try to figure something out. Yeah. Well, I make that uh, plural that phone calls. The thing is, in stocks, they're going to put them on sale. If they stay this way to the All Star game, it's going to be just like with Quintana and Sale and everybody else's. Well, it's Cease, Cease has two years of arbitration left after this. But let's real. That arbitration number, if he continues on the path he's on this year, it's going to be big. He's not going to have the win total, but that ERA and whiff rate and whip and Ks, that 5-7 is going to look more like 15-7. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Something's got to change, right? You know, I I don't know. I'm just trying to fix two teams here. You get Dylan Carlson, quality, quality defensive outfield, decent bat. I think he just needs more time hitting. Cardinals don't give him enough days in a row to actually try to get into a rhythm, you know. But and then you get two you two young pitchers off the team, and you leave four starters with an ERA of over six. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now what? Do you do? So don't I mean it's it's going to be great to put some guys in the field that actually catch the ball and drive in some runs, but again, there's no pitching there. Yeah. No, but I mean, I mean, if they're my the point though with that, though, is if they're going to trade Dylan Cease, they're going to probably ship everybody out and start from scratch again. Yeah, they'd have to. You know, like that would be. It's just so awkward with like the you know the the new manager. I don't think anything has changed. Is it? But is it above him then? You know, is it? In, it's into the Kenny and the Han and. Uh, all those guys, the, the, the team makeup, the whole organizational makeup has to change. I think. Well, I, I listened. You know, I listened to Steve Stone go on a rant the other day, and, and it was about the makeup of the team. And he said, "There's got to be some accountability." And you know, he said, whether it's Kenny or whether it's Rick Hahn or whoever well, it happens to be. Yeah, Rick Hahn will be gone. <laughs> it's going to happen. Well, yeah, well, you know, Kenny ain't going anywhere. Yeah, he won't, yeah, won't be Kenny. No, he's tied at the hip with, with Jerry. Yeah, until Jerry dies or sells the team, he's not going anywhere. As long as he wants to work. I, mean, it's, 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 I watched a little bit the last couple of I couldn't because they couldn't get Marquee Network. So I was watching TV, watching baseball so I could watch the scores go by at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible, how, how disgusting is that? And uh, they're hard to watch. I mean, they, they really are. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I have. They lost eight nothing, and they had fourteen strikeouts. I think everybody on the team had a strikeout or two. Or so. It was just disgusting. Well, the last eleven guys, ten guys struck out. Yeah, just, and like Steve, you know, Steve Stokes, it was they were rushing for to be the first one on the bus. The <laughs> they weren't even flying home, right? I mean, I think you guys go to. Oh, they come home soon. Was it home? Maybe it was maybe it was somebody else play, out there. Yeah, they played. Sorry, no, it was Seattle. Sorry, Seattle's it was when the Cardinals were playing up there. Seattle's road trip was like they go to Toronto and then they go to or Philly and then Toronto or Toronto and then Philly and then Oakland and then back home or something. Like they had some like ridiculous three different six hour flight type trips in the thing. But yeah, you're right. I think the White Sox are home to. Yeah, yeah, they play the Rays four games in a row. So. Yeah, that's right. 
We'll see how that goes. A couple, couple <laughs> of two interesting numbers I had when we were on, on MLB. One I heard uh, what I heard today was on John on Jan Gomes. The staff under him is a 2.87 ERA leading the major leagues. And he's got four home runs. So the non-hitting catchers and stuff right now, it's really showing to me, a lot of it's showing in, in the in the baseball. I mean, you look at just you look at Steele since the All-Star game last year. At the best ERA in baseball. I mean, it's uh, there's some good things going on there with, with the pitching and stuff like that, and the catcher's got to get some of that credit. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, it's, I mean, right now it's it's exciting, and, and I think you'll see the other thing. I, I think you'll see Hasbro release DFA within a couple of weeks. Uh, I know they don't want to do it because of it just looks bad to bring a guy, you know, right? I, you know, but he's he, that win uh, at WRC plus, he's last of all the position players in baseball. So even though he's hitting like 258 and it doesn't look awful, it's the weakest 258 on a planet. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Mr. Merv is down in the minors. His ninth last night, so it's <laughs> and he's back over three twenty. It's, it's they got to give they got to give him the shot and, and put him there. So between Mancini and Hosmer, the, the, the that position is the lowest WRC plus of any position in the league. So I mean, first base is just killing us. Yeah, and you know what's what's the harm of bringing him up now? None. Getting him, getting him acclimated with the clubhouse, and he's going to be there for a while. You know, so I mean, he, he ripped the hell out of Triple A last year, and he's ripping it this year. There's no sense. I mean, there comes a point where, you know, what? So what? Yeah. Yeah. Is You're he a forty player or is he a major league? Let's find out. Yeah. Well, I think the fear is probably to do what the Cardinals just did, which I don't understand. Is they sent Jordan Walker down today. No idea why. Guy's hitting 274. And he's hitting the ball hard. Yeah. He's hit in 16 of the 22 games he's been in. Yeah. Why so send him down? What, the, only yeah, what is I, up? the only thing that me and Keith were talking a little before anybody got on, the only thing I could think of is their mindset is we need to get O'Neill and Carlson at bats so we can showcase them to try to flip them for a pitcher, and then we'll call them back up. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think. Because they're kind of platooning. O'Neal or something. Right? I, they, well, I mean, they're pretty much platooning three guys into into two one outfield spot. Yeah, because you. I mean, for the most part, you had their everyday center fielder. He was hurt, so it changed a little bit. But they're, if if they could have had their model the way they wanted it all throughout the season so far, their whole their center fielder would have been Newtbar, and their right fielder bit would have been Walker, and then. I think also the way Gorman has hit has changed them using the D. I think they're going to use the DH a little bit more for O'Neill, Carlson, Burleson, and now Gorman has just kind of taken off, so they have to get his bat in because he's. I mean, he's DH in. He's DH in second base. He's played third a couple times, but but yeah, I mean, I think deep down, yeah, their idea was. O'Neill and Carlson rotate through and Newt Bar plays left field when Carlson's in. He plays center field when O'Neill's in, type of thing. And then 
Burleson DH against some guys, Gorman DH against, but Gorman's hitting so well that they've moved him to the, I mean, he's gone 0 for the past two games. So he went from hitting 331 down to 293, but he's got 22 total hits. He's got six bombs, 22 RBIs, 10 walks, which is something he didn't do at all last year. And he's, he's a guy that I, I think I'd, I would be very, very surprised um, if he isn't on the upper echelon of hard hit balls either. He he has been absolutely like crushing balls. Even yeah, I when he, he is, I think I saw that stat. Yeah, even when he's line like he had a line out last night where it was a double play. He had a line drive that was 114 off the bat. That was right at the first baseman. The guy doubled up our guy, taking a secondary lead. But it's just like, I i mean, this is what he was supposed to be when he came up or when he was coming up. So we'll see if it sticks around. Um, I don't know. But uh, we can move on to our uh, our power rankings that we did. So it's the same same form as last year with our the model that we use. Um, I think this will show just how uh, much might be the right word. How much the uh, analytics, if we if we're putting in the analytics in this model change some people's stuff and then how much we also have still of maybe not who's actually playing good or great but who we think is playing should be playing good or will be good a little bit so no at number i, I kind of lean more towards the like I, I i gave some of the, the teams a bump you know that in the win-loss column if they were higher than i expected them to be but i lean more towards what you think and i think that's what a lot of us did to an extent but But at some point there was some some of the number stuff was more overwhelming and took over and then you think about it though too because you know you baseball is a little bit different this year i mean i'm not i shouldn't say a little it's a lot different this year yeah a lot of things that have changed so and it could benefit a lot of these teams that (laughs) Maybe didn't seem so good previously, but now, yeah, I don't know. So good, def- good defensive teams that run a little bit and right, yeah. I, it's amazing. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. I also wonder though, like pitch clock. I think that, yeah, like when when some of these teams figure out the pitch clock really well, mm-hmm. like or like getting to like like I just I don't think the Pirates and. Diamondbacks stay near the top. Like I, I, I go back to this tweet. I screenshotted it for uh, for this conversation. I go back to this tweet that Jeff Passan had last year. Um, it was, or it was, yeah. So it was last year. Somebody put up the picture of like the standings, talking about the Pirates being having the best record in the NL, right? And then somebody retweeted that with the Jeff Passan quote from May 27th of 2021, and it said, just a reminder, it's almost May, and the Kansas City Royals have the best record in baseball. 
And then they proceeded to be the third worst team last year in baseball. Yeah, you know, so we need to have this conversation in another month. Yes. You know, because yeah. there's always – and and then even two months. But, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, end of April, end of, end of May are very different. You know? Well, as, as good old Irish used to say here, Mike Shannon, uh, you don't really start looking into the standings until flag day. That's when you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, on, on, the note, on the paper that I sent out, and it's just because I'm trying to get used to some of the new stats, like the WRC plus and even war a little bit. If you look at some of the teams, you can almost predict, you, you can see teams that are winning games maybe they shouldn't be. Right? You mean how, how when, you sent, when you sent all that and the Pirates were nowhere near on the list of hard hit balls or anything like that? Right. You look at all that and it's, <laughs> You know, yeah. and they're you know, you know they're like fifteenth in in WRC plus, and you know you know middle of the pack at best in WAR. It's you know they're winning some games because things are falling their way, and it's you know that's great. And, but you know you look at Tampa Bay, and they're just yeah, there's they're so far ahead in everything. They could have three or four guys cool off and still be winning. I mean, at this point, well, I think I think they have a formula. You know that works. And you look at San Diego, because they're playing today, and they're they're not hitting at all. I mean, they're for a team that one of the more expensive lineups out there. Boy, they are not hitting the ball. No, I think they're a team like we kind of talked about it last year, last week with pitchers. And I said, I think the big boys on the pitching side are being the most affected by these uh, by the pitch clocks. I think the 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 teams that have like. A lot of a deep amount of thump that also have a lot of like patient type hitters are really affected by this pitch clock too. Like guys that like to like dictate how the play was going when they're in the box, aka Machado, uh, Soto. The Cardinals have it too. Donovan's one of those guys that kind of like like to dictate how it was. He's not having a great year so far. I think those guys have been the most affected. That's what I mean. Like. When that when that when those guys figure out how to do their stuff with the pitch clock, the rant that Steve Stone was on, I want to see if he gets any feedback because they were talking about Lance Lynn, you know, and the fact that the pitch clock seems to be bothering him more than some of the other guys to the I brought up yeah. that, a breather and a throw and well that's a, that was, hey, how about that was one of the guys. once in a while. That was one of the guys last week that I talked about. Remember, I talked about him and Alex Manoa, two, two of the big boys. Yeah. And then also guys like you saw him last night, Blake Snow, a guy who's got to be a max effort guy. But well, what I'm saying is, is Stone came out and, and basically called them out for being overweight. They want you to yeah. sell it once in a while. And, well, so, yeah. and I, I, I can't see Lance Lynn not responding. But I mean, yeah. True. But I, to, the, to that point, though, like, these guys, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys make it to the major leagues doing one thing. Like, Lance Lynn's had that body his whole time, his whole life. He made the major leagues with that, like, you know. So then you're, like, taking away, taking away some guys' opportunities, I guess, would be the better way to say it, with with some of these changes because that's not what they've been accustomed to. And you just got to hope hope they figure it out. But and some of the hitters, with the, I think his shift has made a difference. I see Rizzo's over 300. 
yeah, I had a feeling that was going to happen. I mean, the guy yeah. makes contact. There were just people there all the time due to the shift. So that was, you know, that's no surprise to me. But going back to the pitching, though, too, it's just you think about the pace of play and, you know, it's no longer this, like, catch your breath, you know, step off the mound, wipe your brow, get the rosin bag. And then even in between innings, right, you know, you, you sit down. Well, you're not sitting down for as long as you were before. You're back up pretty quick because the yeah. clock and everything. So it's more of a well, a sprint than is a marathon. I, you know, I I don't know what the stats are, but I'd like to see how many pitchers this year have gone, you know, six plus innings versus last year. You know, just because I feel like they're gassing out a little. Soon. I think that I think so. The Cardinals <laughs> have only had four quality starts. And that's not because of guys not being able to finish through. That's because they give up too many runs. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the number right now is it's like down like 24% or something like that was what they said for like quality starts. I totally believe it. Yeah. And then, you know, as you said, giving up more runs, but yeah, you know, is that a factor of just, it, it, you don't have it. You don't have time really to figure it out. No, that's, you yeah. You missed, that's what we, that's what I said. Last, I go, it's not, and it's not just like the Cardinals have these big innings where they snowball. And I think it's because in other teams, I've seen it happen to other teams. It's because the pitcher can't go out there and slow it down, take their time. Like it just starts unraveling and you can't the like, you can't even stall enough to get a guy up through one at bat anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even, you, uh, yeah, you can't have, you can't have the catcher go out there a couple times and throw, throw, throw over two times. Yeah. The, the, Pitcher walks around behind the mound for a little bit, you know, and it, it's just not happening. And, uh, yeah, you don't have time to catch your breath. You don't have time to think. You don't have time to adjust. And uh, you just got to keep pitching. And um, sometimes you dig a hole, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's there, exactly there what There are guys is. that thrive under that. I mean, Hendrick's doing yeah. a, a rehab start tomorrow. And stuff, and we'll see how what shape he's in and stuff like that. You know, guys like him and Maddox and stuff just thrive. Burley would have thrived too. But so, but there's been some other guys that thrive that used to be like quote efficient workers that they talk about that are struggling this year. I wonder if like just the pressure of knowing that that pitch clock is in your head too. Like, and I saw something. The Cardinals were in Seattle, and Keith, I don't know if you're watching this game. They issued an automatic ball on a three-two pitch to Julio Rodriguez. Because Cabrera, Genesis Cabrera, was set too early. <laughs> yeah, because he was set before Julio Rodriguez was set at the eight-second mark. Wow. It's like, wait, so you want them to move quickly. So he is moving quickly. He's set, and then you're going to issue a ball. which a ball to make it a walk, not even to, like, just add a ball like it was i I didn't know that that was an option like that you could so apparently uh, that part is up to the whether to issue a warning or the ball is up to the umpire's discretion now granted dan iasonia was the was the was the uh guy behind the plate that day and when the report card came out the stat was that seattle those umpire report card seattle was plus uh a run in 7.75 so plus 1.75 of runs based on his calls so he was already hearing it a lot Contreras has got thrown out um because of ball almost hit the ground that he called the strike on him um 
So he was hearing it a lot from the Cardinals bench. So I'm wondering if he said, screw this, I'm going to give it a ball instead of a warning just to, <laughs> just to piss him off even more. But yeah, I, I didn't know that either. But so let's move on to our power rankings. I will give you guys a, a our power rankings have a very, very distinct theme this uh, this go around. At number 10, we got Matt's favorite team, the Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. At number nine, we got the Toronto Blue Jays. At number eight, the New York Yankees. Have you guys picked up on a theme yet? This is the theme already. All blue? No. <laughs> all blue. It is all blue. Now, granted, it's because of maybe one or two of the colors I chose for a team. Number seven, the Milwaukee Brewers. This is kind of where it gets into. Uh, so you're telling me the Cardinals aren't going to be on this list. No, <laughs> no. This is where some of the numbers, even though they don't have good records, the analytical numbers really help these teams. And I think this is also where we get into some of where we still think teams should maybe be. Uh, Number six is the Dodgers. Number five is the Astros. And then we get into more teams that are the way they're playing again. Number four, the Braves. Number three, the Rangers. Number two, the Mets. And number one, the Tampa Bay Rays. I think the, I think the Rangers, after watching them, are going to be a pretty decent team this year. I can't believe the Pirates aren't on there. None Seriously. of us really, None of us really ranked the Pirates too high. I ranked they, the Pirates in the top ten. Yeah, but but also their numbers aren't very are not very good when it comes to like they have like I said the last week are, don't match the record. Yeah. They have, well they yeah. some of some of the part of the formula is your uh, your record against five hundred teams and they're zero and zero against five hundred or better teams right now. Mm. <laughs> so kind of that's that's a little rough for them because they. Boston can't say above at 500 or above 500 right now for them. But uh, yeah, so what what are you guys' first thoughts? The more balanced schedule and stuff like that, you look at the the AL Central, they're 21 games under 500, 22 now. Yeah, but the NL Central is always so bad, Dave. They're always so bad. Well, they are. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just no. I'm call, yeah. That's what everybody's always like. Oh, the Cardinals or the Cubs—they only win as many games because they get to play the Reds and the Pirates and blah blah blah. Oh, so Twins and Guardians—you know—they they got to beat up by the Tigers and the Royals last year. Well, yeah, you know, but you they have plus games against them. If you look, the records and base. I mean, my bottom five teams, three of them are in the AL Central. Yeah, but if you also think about it too, nobody nobody uses that argument with. Houston, when they get to play the Angels, the Mariners, who were bad the couple years for a long time, the A's, who were bad for a long well, time. Second best record in baseball belongs to NL Central. Yeah, <laughs> behind the but East. No. The East has, I think, right. I believe the East only. Uh, they all the AL East has got seventy six wins. NL Central is next with sixty two. I think the East is only. Now I say this because when I did all those numbers, that was the only that was before, before Mondays, Mondays or Tuesdays games, but uh, 
Yeah, the AL East has every team is a 500 or above in the AL East. Yes. The Red Sox were, that was after the games on Monday, were 13 and 12 in last place. Yeah, they're now, they're 13 and 13 now. But yeah, so yeah, t- so to Keith, your point, the, because of the way schedules have now changed the Pirates, but at the time of me doing this, the Pirates are now four and three against 500 or better teams, but at the time they were 0 and 0 against 500 or better. And, uh, Oakland has no longer played everybody that is just above 500 like they had last time. But any other any other comments before we move on to the uh, the heavy hitting uh, NFL stuff? Hey guys, want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com, and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. Keith, with the first overall pick, the Carolina Panthers select. Um, you know, I was going to – if we could make trades, it would be so much fun. Uh, but, um, and then I was trying to think how I could really kind of muck this up and make it interesting. But, yeah, I'm just going to do the obvious and uh, go with Young. Bryce Young. <clears throat> Matt, the Houston Texans with the second overall pick, select. So I know they've – they they don't want a quarterback now all of a sudden or something, you know, they are looking to move back is the is the talk, but but I think it's all hooey. I don't I don't think that's true. I if you don't have a quarterback, you, you don't have a team, you know. So like I it, yeah, leave it all that. So <laughs> so you you've got to take your shot when you're up there. I don't so I wouldn't and I know Will Will uh Levis is the guy that uh is is yeah, I guess in talks of possibly being the first overall pick, it's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, I think I think the Houston picks go with Will Levis. Got everybody. Will Levis is that is that a shock to anybody? Is that our first stutter? And, if, if you stutter enough, can you say Mitch Trubisky? Whatever. I don't. I don't even know if we're. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Will Levis is. You thought it should be Taysom, Taysom Hill, or something, right? Taysom yeah. Hill. Taysom Hill. <clears throat> yeah. All right, Dave. The Arizona Cardinals with third pick select. To me, this is so the, it was the easiest one of the ones I had. They're looking for an edge guy and stuff like that. It's going to be Anderson out of Alabama. Okay. It's going to be boring, but they're going to get a great a great rusher. I think that's actually a team that trades out because I think somebody. Yeah, I think they could. But uh, with the fourth pick, the Indianapolis Colts select C.J. Stroud, quarterback, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's nice, right? You know, that works out for him. Yeah. So three sure. quarterbacks in the first four picks. Yep. It's pretty pretty interesting. Pretty much what they're pretty much what they're predicting. 
Yeah. And now the draft starts. Dave, right. <laughs> with the fifth overall pick, the Seattle Seahawks select. Also looking for an edge. You're going to take Wilson out of Texas Tech. So I, I see Tyree going over Will Anderson in a lot of the, the mock drafts, too. So it'll be interesting to see what actually happens there. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think this whole – this happens, like, every year where it's like, oh, these Alabama guys, you know, maybe they're not too great. At, like, and then it's like, no, just – you don't be dumb. Just take that guy. Like, take the guy that's gonna take the guy that's gonna have a 13 year NFL career. Come on, he's been don't playing be pro for the last four years. Yeah, yeah, right, like, the right in the beginning of all this, they always. I mean, they list all the guys. It's like these are no brainers, no brainers. And then it just gets this fatigue of mock drafts and 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 um, you know newspaper articles or or radio broadcasts and everybody they. They want to just have something to talk about because there's nothing else to talk about. So they're like, but then other people. Well, run what with about this stuff? guy? This guy had a great pro yeah. day. And this guy had this and that. Now this guy was fat and that guy was slow. Yeah. Well, with the sixth pick, the Detroit Tigers, Lions, Tigers, Lions, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Detroit Lions. So they're both cats. Dalton Kincaid, tight end, Utah. Ooh, nice. Ooh, interesting safety <clears throat> blanket for uh i like it because good old jared goff didn't they, they just traded hawkinson hawkinson's gone yeah yeah that that and plus they got two picks yeah just wait uh matt the atlanta falcons with an eighth overall pick Take. oh hey you fan wait 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 Oh, sorry, sorry. Lost, I, I, lost the I mean, I know the Raiders have done a lot of bad things through the years, but you can't take away our draft pick. Sorry, Keith, the Oakland Raiders select. Um, well, it's going to be a cornerback in, uh, in fitting in the Raiders mold, apparently. Um, Devon Witherspoon from Illinois uh, uh, kind of fits their uh, the Raiders mold. So let's go with him at cornerback. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, Matt, the Atlanta Falcons select. <laughs> uh, I, I think, yeah, I think they'll go with uh, B. John Robinson, uh, running back out of uh, Texas, right? I believe. Running back out of Texas. Yeah. So give him another uh, offensive weapon to go with. All right. Offensive so we'll talk about this pick after I make this pick. This is the Chicago Bears pick. This means we're not going to like your pick, guys. <laughs> No, I just think you'll understand what. With the ninth overall pick, the Chicago Bears select offensive tackle out of the Ohio State Paris Johnson oh, Jr. Yeah, Dave is. Disappointing. I think they. I think they. I think they take him because of Justin Fields. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, there was, I heard an like, as, be, I as much as that's stupid, each other and stuff, and yeah, everything else. As much as that's going to be stupid, I think that's the only reason they take him over Saransky. Mm-hmm. Now you look for every every opportunity to make everybody comfortable, you know. And that, but uh, is that like so? If if this draft played out the way it is, and you have Skaronski, Jalen Carter still on the board, Smith and Jigba, Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia, Brian Ranch, the safety out of Alabama, Paris Johnson still on the board, Rocker still on the board, Joey Porter still on the board. Do not make sure you trade out of that. Pick up a couple more draft yeah. picks. Yeah, yeah, because you have so many needs, right? 
and you're going to be able to fill them. Well, you yeah. have if you if you really want to tackle, unless like unless Justin Fields is like, no, you have to take this guy, blah blah blah, yeah, or whatever. Whoever said like, there's four tackles on the board that could be ten year pros. Move down. Yeah, well, and especially since you botched that, uh, you know, gave up that thirty second pick or whatever it was. Yeah. You know, got to make up for that. I mean, am I, am I crazy to think that? No, I mean, if they could, yeah, I know. The, there's there's a number of players that they are high on their board yet. Exactly. That wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be you know, at the first pick of the draft may be kind of a reach, but at 12 or 14 or whatever, no, not anymore, I think. So you, you don't think if they're sitting there and Jalen Carter's still on the board that they don't go with Jalen Carter? Boy, in their situation, I don't think they can afford to. I don't think they, yeah. I don't think they can afford to take the risk. I think they got to. Uh, I, I think they have too much bad press already with guys throughout a couple of the years. That now, if they make some sort of a deal and and somehow, some way, they end up with two picks in the first round, maybe you use that other pick in the first round if he's still available then. Or yeah. if you trade down to even like 15, 16 and he's sitting there, then yeah, yeah. Then maybe. Carter, Carter could go to uh he could go to Seattle as possible. I think Seattle's had yeah. a lot of and issues with guys too. Be, he could go to the Raiders. He's a Raider. Again, he that is that is a Raider move. I just like if if you trade down and you if say you swap with like New England. Say New England says, screw it. We're coming up. We're going to take Anthony Richardson at nine. And you drop down to 14. If Jalen Carter's still sitting there at 14, and that's your first pick, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But at the same time, you also have so many holes that you want to have to worry about a guy missing a whole year. I know, but you just, the intangibles, though. The talent. Oh, trust me. You could be in the position that we need. I, you know, we need an offensive line. They come to mind right away, and for me, is Warren Sepp. Yeah. Sepp fell down the, the draft board. Did, he, did Sepp go to the second round even? No, I think he was late first. But look. And, even, and you know, he's a pretty all pro. Even on my notes, I have a giant star. Jalen Carter, best talent. I just don't know if <laughs> I have the balls to take him. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, so, if we, if we move to the next pick in the draft, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, go ahead, the Eagles <laughs> with the next pick. <laughs> well, well, because the Eagles uh, are in such good shape, uh, you know, such a good team, uh, and their uh, one of their needs is uh, defensive uh, tackle, and I, I think if any team can take a risk, uh, they can. So uh, I am gonna uh, Jalen Carter. Pick uh, Jalen Carter. They do have two picks, also. So yes, yeah, I, exactly. I would. I I could see them. I actually honestly thought about it a little bit with Detroit because they have two picks. Do they take a flyer on? Like, could you imagine Aiden Hutchinson and Jalen Carter? Sick. That's that's disgusting. Mm. If, <laughs> if they're both at the top of their game, and right? Like, yeah, that's wild. And then you still add a talent like a wide receiver, a tight end at, at eighteen. Yeah, and you had that offense they had last year. Yeah. That disruption in the defensive line would just be kind of heavy. Something hard to go overcome, you know. All right. With the 11th pick, Dave, the Tennessee Titans select 
wide receiver out of Ohio State, the Yigma. Wow. Oh, no. Wow. To throw to. <laughs> I would have thought they let Lawan go. I will stop it right here. They let Lawan go. I would say they're a team that takes, if Skaronsky's sitting there, he's their left tackle. Yeah, the Titans, when I, when I looked through the stuff that was there, supposedly their number one was a wideout, and then well, they were yeah. a, a quarterback also. That, they need a wideout because they were dumb and traded A.J. Brown. Yeah. But, and the guy that they got for A.J., they, they thought was going to be the next A.J. Brown, has not panned mm-hmm. out. But I think that they would be a team that they also have a lot of holes if one of those left tackles, whether it's Paris – Johnson or Peter Skaronsky, if they're sitting there, I think they probably go. So, Matt. Well, yeah. 12, the Texans select. That's that's dangerous because, well, my my guy just got taken. <laughs> I was going to trade out, trade out, trade out. Oh, I can't trade out. Can't trade out. Can't trade out. <laughs> okay. Um, well, now, now I'm scrambling and sweating. So, that's good. Um, I'm going to sweat. <laughs> Uh well then I guess maybe they reach. No, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I wanted a, I wanted a wide receiver to go with uh, the new the new shiny quarterback. How about a guy that protects him? Yeah, I, I guess that probably makes sense. But I think their offensive line, if I'm not mistaken, they got no. Right? Yeah, they say they need a center. So they're like the list is a quarterback, wide receiver, center, and defensive yeah. line. But. Yeah, but I, yeah, I guess I mean, oof. I think it was Zay Flowers is a wide receiver, but that's not. I think that's a reach. Man, now now I'm kind of thrown for a loop here. Um, Flowers ranked in the high twenties, mid twenties. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Well, right now you got about nine different GMs calling you trying to make a deal. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're super at CCU also. <laughs> yeah, so what's the other? So so Texans and – Quentin Johnson? Yeah. I mean – He's he, ranked 15th overall. I, I mean, they, you, could go, you could go Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia, uh, Kalehi Kansi uh, or however – can't see however you say his name. Defensive interior defensive lineman from Pittsburgh. Miles Murphy, edge rusher from Clemson. I don't know. The Texans need anybody. Yeah, I mean, the, the, at this point, right? I mean, isn't it just best player available then? I mean, I would assume, uh, in realistic fashion, they're trading out of this. If if that just happened, like if they were looking at Jackson Smith, you know, yeah. the Jigba. But your call, Matt. Who you got? Well, then let's. I let's just let's. I guess let's just sure up the offensive line and, and go Peter Skaronsky. All right, and that leaves the Green Bay Packers. So with the thirteenth pick, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Select Brian Branch, safety, Alabama. I'm half tempted, and I I do believe 
they're going to do something that kind of gives a middle finger to Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to take the first offensive <laughs> weapon in the first round yeah, right. since Rodgers was drafted. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, whether it's – like, you know who, honestly, I would – the other guy I was thinking about having them draft right now here was Quentin Johnston. Because to put Johnston's size and physical ability with Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, that would be interesting. How three uh, wideouts? Holy cow! Remember now. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't uh, uh, Johnston like considered like a top five pick uh, or top ten pick, and then he just kind of fell down the board, didn't he? I don't think he's fallen down the board as much as. Others have gone up. The rush on quarterbacks is yeah. putting a premiere on. And then uh, the, the, the data that I pulled mine from Johnson was running 50 overall. Uh, well, I mean, it's still pretty strong. Th- yeah, this, this mock draft thing has it at 25. But mm. this mock draft is not just rating pure talent. It's like their first four, four of the first guys were mm-hmm. three of the quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're trying to give it in a way of where the trade would happen. So, okay, fourteenth um, overall pick, uh, Dave, the New England Patriots select. Well, they got to they they got to recover. Uh, make sure they they got the rest. They had a rise on Skaransky. It would have been a good fit there, but at this point, they'll stay in the big stay in the Big Ten and take Joey Porter Jr. All right, the Washington Commanders. Uh, Keith. No, it's it's, sorry. Okay, I figured out what this does now. It doesn't always jump to the next one. So, Matt, the New York Jets, Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets. Who are they taking? Pick a defensive player. Pick a defensive player. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine if? Could you imagine if they took a guy like Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon, or yeah. Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia? Or hell, could you imagine if they said, "We're going to draft our next quarterback just in case you retire"? Yeah, that would be great. Because <laughs> I have the maybe one year investment. Of Aaron Rodgers because it's uh, there's no protection on any of that you know the, the within the trade so which I think is interesting <clears throat> but um, no so I, I have them grabbing uh, Broderick Jones offensive line to to help Aaron Rodgers uh, have a little bit more time they already got Alan Lazard over um, Garrett Wilson as well as you know Brees Hall so I think uh, giving him a little bit more time is. Um, it's the route that they will go. And they will also <laughs> probably sign Randall Cobb. Let's be real. Well, yeah, he's coming too. Yeah. So <laughs> try. You just had to wait for the trade to officially go through. That got announced today. Tomorrow, the first thing the Jets will do is say, uh, before our draft, we are uh, announcing the signing of wide receiver Randall Cobb. And now with our draft pick, we are taking <laughs> the Washington Commanders select. Okay, well, I, I really want to take, uh, just because of his name, uh, Osiris Torrance, uh, guard from Florida, but uh, but I'm not going to. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from uh, Tennessee. 
Matt, the Pittsburgh Steelers with the 17th getting, pick select. Getting rough here because, you know, all the uh, offensive tackles. So that was my pick uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, seeing as how they were looking to trade up to get one of the, um, you know, more premier offensive tackles. Ah, uh, boy, man, I'm just eating it here. Let's see. Well, let's go. Let's do this. Well, so we've got needs at linebacker, defensive back, and tackle. But I, I am—I mean, I'm almost certain they'll—they'll they'll go offensive tackle. Um, I'm looking through here. So we've already had the next tackle is uh, the next tackle on the board. Roughly is Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. Or you could take uh, Dewan Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Well, what if what if we sidestep that? Maybe I don't know that the guys left are who they want. So, what if we slide into defensive back of Deontay Banks? Oh, Deontay Banks. That's who you're. That's who you're going. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do believe Christian Gonzalez has Steelers written all over him. He's like that type of physical corner that they like. Uh, with the second, with their second pick today, the Detroit Lions, 18th overall, select edge rusher out of Iowa, Lucas Van Ness. Ooh. I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Him and him to, on the other side of Aiden Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. All right, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dave, you got back-to-back picks with the Bucks yeah, and the Seahawks. Lucky, supposedly, you know, edge rusher of safety and quarterback. Uh, you know, that, that are there. And I'm looking, you've got Richardson still on the board from Florida. Is that something they, they do or they go, they go safer and go on defense? Uh, boy, good question. Looks like cornerback idea. Edge. Don't go with Smith out of Georgia. Nolan Smith out of Georgia. Yep. And the Seahawks. And the Seahawks, who last time I had here, took took their edge rusher. Yep, you got Terry Wilson. An idea. Yeah. I'm also looking to pick up a wide receiver. Let's go with Flowers out of Boston College. All right, Zay Flowers gone off the board. This next pick, technically 21, is forfeited. It is Miami, so we move on to tw- or technically the 22nd pick, now 21. San Diego Chargers. Uh, is that me? It is Chargers. That's what I thought. Okay. The uh, Chargers, they're going to add to their offense. Um, and they're going to go in a different route. They all, people say tight or uh, wide receiver. Tight end out of Notre Dame, Michael Meyer. Uh-huh. 
Don't ask. <laughs> Watch. If they, if him and Je- if he ends up with Justin Fields, or not Justin Fields, Justin Herbert, holy cow. Yeah, that guy's a horse. All right. Baltimore Ravens. Um, and Keith. So uh, Christian Gonzalez is still available, right? Yes, Christian Gonzalez is still available. Yeah, let's uh, let's go with uh, him, Oregon cornerback quor- for the Ravens. All right. Uh, the only NFC North team I did not get in this draft, Matt, the Minnesota Vikings, select. So you know, with the, they lost Thielen, right? Um, yeah, they do need some wide receiver help. However, I, I think. Jefferson's in the last year of his contract, too. They already they said they're picking up five, so he's got two years left. They'd be dumb uh, not to pick up five. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, – I don't know. I, their offense wasn't great, but I think their offense isn't the biggest issue. I think their defense needs some help. Um, so I've got them going with the defensive back, uh, Emmanuel Forbes. Out of Mississippi State. Okay, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Keith, uh, just a second here. Uh, you know what? Let's see here. Hang on, just a second. I'm looking at uh, edge rushers here. Um, nobody picked uh, Miles Murphy from Clemson yet, did they? No, they did oh. not. Yeah, let me uh, let, let me go with uh, with him. Miles Murphy out of Clemson, staying in the South. Uh, so now we have the New York football Giants. Matt, who is Danny Dimes taken? Yeah, I, I have. Well, I, I originally had Zay Flowers going there, but uh, looks like who did they, the Seahawks take them? Dave, was that? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I'm going to have to switch over to um, Jordan Addison at USC um, just to give Danny Dimes a little another weapon. It, Seems pretty solid. I, I think just give him something else to, to throw to and stay healthy, hopefully. But um, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, All right. I really don't like that you took Bijan Robinson with to the Falcons, Matt, because I thought he'd be a perfect guy for stay at home and go to go to Dallas. Zeke possibly leaving or Zeke leaving? Yeah. Um, that being said, I think Dallas just goes with like kind of one of the, the guys still on the board. Uh, Clay Cansey, interior defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. Not sexy. Probably helps him a lot. And then the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills. They will select. Sorry, I'm trying to find the guy. 
I don't know his name off the top of my head. I know where he plays. There he is. I think when you're the Bills, you're just selecting for a guy that's going to be able to step in right away and probably be a dominant, not dominant player, a really good piece for your defense of a guy you lost. Losing Trey Edmonds, I think they select a linebacker out of Washington State. Dion Henley. It's projected like early early to early mid second round, but like I said, I think the Bills probably draft more for their need than whatever and don't really worry about where a guy is. So the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals looking for a tight end. We'll take Mr. Washington out of Georgia at 6'7 and 264. Right. Going up the middle and just running over people. Well, and he's net, he wasn't even George's best tight end. No. Nope. The other guy can't, <laughs> the other guy's not eligible for until next year. Darnell Washington. All right. Uh, Keith has back-to-back, and then we end with Dave. Keith, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we're going to go with uh, – we're going to stick with another Clemson pick here, defensive tackle uh, Brian. Is it uh, Brise? Yeah, it is. Okay. And then um, let's see. we got the Eagles here. Um, <clears throat> and before with the Eagles, you selected – Jalen Carter. Yeah, so, uh, you know. Okay, so that was defensive tackle. You know, uh, I'm going to. You know, I, I'm going to do a Mizzou thing here. I'm going to go with this uh, Isaiah McGuire. Ed Rusher? Ed Rusher, uh, who apparently, what, came out of nowhere and just kind of worked his way into the draft talk. All right. That's a, that's a homer pick. I shouldn't do that, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. <clears throat> I mean, McGuire had a good year last year. Mm-hmm. All right. Dave, last pick of the first round. Kansas Super Bowl. Congratulations, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, on winning the Super Bowl uh, with the 31st pick. Adding <laughs> it, it, to, to the pot of talent they already have. And, and, and some, one of the one things they, they just were looking for, they were one of the only teams that was listed. Looking at running backs. And uh, Gibbs is on the board from Alabama, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see I see a fit there. All right. Jameer Gibbs. So that leaves uh, Anthony Richardson, not drafted. That leaves Quinton Johnson, not drafted. That leaves Will McDonald, not drafted. I don't know. We shall see. But let's be real. Some of these picks we made is because we can't trade and there would be teams calling left and right to get yeah. back up into that yeah. spot to yeah. Hey, can you send uh, can you send that uh to us so that when we're watching tomorrow we can uh, yeah, 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 right. Yeah. I will I will 
I actually have it already halfway built out. I just needed to plug in who the selections were on a graphic that will go on our Twitter too. On the stuff that you guys have looked at, are the Bears down for a cornerback? No. No. This this thing says their needs are tackle, center, defensive line, corner. Okay. Which that's interesting, right? I mean, is, not that yeah. they don't – not that Justin Fields isn't the guy, but well, I guess they – who do they sign that? Back? They need everybody. That's the thing. Yeah. They need everything. So why would you – do draft a quarterback, like a late round. Like No, a, I just go sign a guy. Like sign, a, sign an undrafted guy. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's I like that route too. Yes. Yeah. Because can can anybody at at this point can anybody name the Bears backup quarterback or quarterback? And then that Peterman guy. They went out of Carolina. (laughs) The guy out of Carolina. All that was really definitive. Good guy. No, hold on, hold on. I thought Trevor Simeon was a two-year contract last year. No, I I thought they let him go. He's gone. Oh, but it was a two-year contract last year. It was. Okay. They decided to go with the guy that basically Nathan Peterman fields offense. Yeah. Peterman's the third. So PJ Walker is the guy. Oh, the guy. Oh, XFL guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't That's think of his name. Made his name. Went to Houston Renegades in the XFL. And Nathan Nathan Peterman was just signed like I don't know, maybe a week ago. No, they, but he was their backup. He was the backup. He played games last year. He was, yeah, but I think his contract's up or they extended it or something. So they brought him back this year because he, I think his, maybe his contract was. I up. mean, like I could, I don't know. Does he get drafted? Like, does anybody actually draft like Max Duncan? TCU's quarterback? <clears throat> He's a free agent. I bring him in. If, wasn't he injured in the last, like the last game? Didn't yeah, he mangle his well, knee he or something? In, he got injured in like every game they played because they had no the offensive yeah. line to keep him up. But yeah. like, or like Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. Yeah, we could have Houston too. Uh, yeah, I think I get. I would think, I would bet somebody. I'm looking at this list. Anybody Stenson Bennett and up, which he's one of Aiden or. Uh, Clay Toon is one of those guys. So is Jake Honer from uh, Fresno State. Tanner uh, McKee out of Stanford. All those guys, I would assume some team will take a fourth, fifth-round flyer on a guy. But the Bears have too many holes to take a fourth or fifth-round guy on a quarterback that, you know, yeah, is a backup. Guy yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always Chase Daniel. You can go out and get Chase Daniel. The t the guy that I'm most interested to see where he gets drafted. I think he might be. The, I think by the end of the time, the end of their careers, he's the third best quarterback out of this draft. Is Hendon Hooker? Oh, from Tennessee. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I would. I want to. I mean, he's probably going to go second, third round. But like, well, here's another guy to keep an eye on. Since we Vegas. Won't... Vegas. Before then, Vegas. Uh, Northwestern had another guy that was supposed to go in the first round this year. His name is Brandon Joseph. He's a cornerback. Uh, had ten interceptions in his first two years at Northwestern. That uh, led the Big Ten with six of them his sophomore year. And decided to take the transfer portal over to Notre Dame. 
he spent one year there and he's not, he's leaving and stuff like that. He uh, uh, it didn't work well there and stuff like that. But he he's a player. He's six foot and two hundred two, and uh, I I would love to see him on the bear. He's really really good corner. Very smart, big hitter, but great hands. He made a couple highlights that, that sophomore year with one hand interceptions and that type of stuff like that. So when you're talking about a homer, that's the guy I'm watching for. And Northwestern's also got the other kid, the defensive line that that lit up the well, the stat stuff down at the combine. I'm not even gonna try his last name. I think they call him OBJ for sure, whatever it was. Oh yeah. And and then there's a guy out of Kansas State too who's an edge rusher that's got a Oh, um, ridiculous name too. Out of Tamoa, yeah, that guy. out of Bawari from Northwestern. That was yeah, very good. <laughs> Six two two eighty two. Didn't he run like a four, four six, four five, whatever it was? And I know the vertical was off the charts. <clears throat> yeah, because he wasn't uh, anywhere on any. No, he, he, he wasn't on, on anybody's radar. When you watched him, he like two or three plays in a row. You'd say, "Oh my God, who is this guy?" You had to get him back on the field. Well, he had been on the field. He's, he's, <laughs> <it knows. laughs> but he's got potential. So he, he ran up the board real high, and I kept thinking, "Boy, don't don't get sold the bill of goods on this one." He's a he's a project, the skilled project, but he's a project. Okay, so the Bears have. Um, how many picks exactly? They have. I was just looking at that, and I've got. I'm counting them right here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten picks. Which is, I mean, it'll be fun because I don't, I don't remember ever had that many. I feel like, and then the ones we did have, we always yeah. picked it up and gave away. That's about three years worth. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. So, yeah, because it seems like some better. years, some years like they had four picks, and that that was about it. You know. Yeah, and they packed. You said you said you counted ten, Matt. Yeah, they said there's a comp compensatory selection. Oh, comp pick. Okay, so that those aren't in here. I was gonna say because they have this listed as nine. Yeah, there's nine, and there's a round okay. pick two. You figure there's still some pretty good players on the board here, and they got two picks coming up. And yeah, guess what? Guys should be better than whatever they have in that spot today. There's a lot of good players left on the board. And they should be picking first in the second round, but they're not anymore because they <laughs> traded that for Chase Claypool. They could have got Quentin Johnson, but no, let's have Chase Claypool for that no, pick. It's second. the last pick of the first round because technically, the, yes, the yeah, last yeah, yeah. pick was forfeited. Yes, so it's yeah. really the last pick. Of but the re- yeah, but it's the first pick on Friday, and they're gonna yeah. No, now we just have 53 and 61, you know. Yeah, yeah. God, dummies, 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 dummies. Well, let's hope Chase Claypool uh, learns the offense in the offseason and comes out guns blazing. And then we've got more Claypool Mooney. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Chase Claypool. I don't know. We'll see. We yeah. shall see. You have one decent year. All right. So are we, are we going to do another episode tomorrow and do the second and third round? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, no way. That's what we, like, we would be into some guys that we have absolutely no clue about. We're already guessing. Close your eyes and throw a dart. That's all. Yeah. Tomorrow night, today, we find out if uh, who gets number one in the NHL, right? No, May 8th. That's the draft, but I thought tomorrow night. They no, go the and... draft is June. Ah, okay. Late June. Yeah. What's tomorrow? May- Nothing. I'm not nothing. I, I can't yeah, imagine the NHL would do anything. I had it written down for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. May, I mean, May 8th, that that Monday, May 8th is the. Uh, I know the odds are out already. The lottery. The lottery. Maybe yeah. Um, phone spreading false information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, okay. So, real quick, last thing we're going to talk about with the Bears. Nine picks, ten picks, counting the comp pick. Yeah. What is your like realistic, Matt? What is your hope realistically out of? We're gonna take turns. Your hope out of these nine picks. What's realistic? What do you think? Yeah. Like expect or hope for? Like, like I'll give mine. I hope out of your nine picks, you can find two starters, two guys that are very productive in special teams this year. And two more guys that in two years will also be starters. Mainly, yeah. mainly those mid round picks. That'd be a strong draft. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. That's what. Mainly those, and I, I. They can be special team starters. They can be interior linemen, either side starters too, like whatever. But like, I think for you to have a good draft in my eyes right now, you got to come out of this this weekend with two guys. And we won't know until camp. Two guys that are for sure starters. Two guys that are for sure special teams guys that can like impact a little bit, you know, like and special teams impacts a little different to understand because, but it's like they can be on the field. Like you can't have out of these nine picks, only three of these guys on the field or active roster every year, every game. Yeah. Or like, like just dressed and not participating. That can't happen either. Otherwise, you're going to be in for a lot longer than you probably want to be. Yeah. Matt, what do so what do you think? I I think if they can get an an impact, one impact player that is on whether it's the defensive line or the offensive line, preferably I would like to see the offensive line um, just because of the talent that Justin Fields has, and I'd like to see it on display. Uh, you know, I think everybody would, you know, just because that's it's fun. It's fun to see if we could put up some points. It, the points we put up last year with a bad offensive line and no wide receivers was was pretty impressive. So um, give them a little bit more time. Uh, I, I think if we can get one impact player, preferably on the offensive line, and then if they they go and get some depth. I don't think the Bears, they didn't have anybody really, you know, after they traded Roquan Smith and got rid of Robert Quinn, they didn't, there was, there was nobody behind them. You know, it's like, it, who was the who was the linebacker? I'm trying to think of who it was that Sanborn, Jack Sanborn, you know, like he came out of nowhere. He looked good, but like, I, I don't think that's. Hey, you just won the pickle award. It's few. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, okay. He's a the rookie. They, they pick a rookie and a, a veteran for the Pickle Awards. It was him and Montgomery. Oh, really? Nice. 
to a lot. And Montgomery yeah. run one as a rookie. Yeah, I just really think that we need depth. Um, and if that, you know, if, if you're rotating through players in certain positions, you need to be able to, or somebody gets hurt or, you know, they're, they're not playing up to, you could, you could bring somebody else in. So as long as we can just get some depth on the team uh, out of some of these picks, I think that would be extremely helpful. So you don't, you don't completely fall off the table if somebody gets hurt or, you know, whatnot. Um, so that, that's, that's my one big impact player and then quite a bit, quite a bit of depth. And I guess depth depth is probably kind of what I meant by guys. Like you hope those depth guys are also guys that can play special teams well. And like, that's kind of what I meant by special teams. Like, like, you know, I'm not talking about Devin Hester type special teams guys, but just guys that, you know, are coherent enough to be able to be on the field for meaningful plays like special teams. Yeah. Dave, what are you hopeful or what would you consider a good draft out of these nine picks? I think you know, much like that, you know, somewhere down the middle of uh, nine or ten, uh, that you put them on the field at least for some period of time, do starters. The other thing that I'm, I'm hopeful they find someplace. I just have a feeling they're going to miss David Montgomery more than they believe than uh, we we realize. Yeah, you know, they need a, they need a running back that can they can block. You know, basically do everything that he did. I heard today on the radio that he was offered the same money by the Bears, or, or, or very close by the Bears and the, and the Lions, and he chose the Lions over the Bears. So, I oh, Matt, I look, at, look, at where the Lions, look at where the Lions finished and look at where the Bears finished. Well, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it makes a difference. Yeah, it does. It makes a difference. Well, you know, and also think about the factor of uh, uh, playing field. Uh, I mean, you know, you're playing uh, – in Detroit versus on that crappy uh, Soldier Field grass, yeah. you know. Well, now, you don't think the park district's going to take good care of it until they move? <laughs> right. Well, here's the other thing: he's getting that money, and he's getting that money in Detroit to be a secondary back behind DeAndre Swift, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. the main guy. Yeah, true. Yeah. So he's got a little bit life, more life probably on a on an NFL career if he's taking less hits. Yeah, and if the money's even, then yeah, that makes sense. True. Keith, what are you hoping for out of these uh, nine, ten picks? Well, I, you know, with, with nine or ten picks, uh, I'm going to up the ante a little bit and say that uh, I think they need to have uh, what end up, end up being two impact players. And I'm not talking about Pro Bowl necessarily, but two players who, who make a – very noticeable, substantial impact, uh, whether it's on one or both sides of the ball. Um, I, I would also expect uh, that uh, polls doesn't do anything uh, crazy <clears throat> um, with nine or ten picks. You know, th- they have a lot of needs to fill, and th- not that they're necessarily going to go with the best player available every single time, but, um, you know, it wouldn't be a, a, a bad uh, – approach because as has been mentioned already uh you know they need some depth and um so yeah i, I wouldn't expect any huge surprise if, if anything i'd expect maybe uh maybe a trade uh, or or two to get even more draft picks but uh, anyway bottom line yeah two uh impact players and and out of those nine or ten or whatever it ends up being uh, eh, 
have four, four or five um, um, guys who are contributing uh, on a regular basis. Um, you know, offense, defense, and special teams. But but at least at least four or five guys who uh, uh, are uh, making an impact. Okay. I mean, we'll see. I, I, I just hope they don't screw up nine. I, I mean, what, what do you think the odds of them sticking and picking at nine or trading back? I think the, there's more odds that they, the, you would get plus money of them picking at nine. It'd be, so the favorite would be trading back. I think like you would have to, you'd have to like how putting in our, in our pick six terms, you're, you're laying money. So minus like one ten for them sticking or trading down and I don't know, plus one thirty or plus one forty for them picking their type of thing. Yeah. I don't think it's a huge, I don't think either way is a huge swing just because it depends on how the board looks, but yeah, how, how it's I think, I think, in their, if they had a perfect draft, they'd probably trade down to like 13, 14, probably 14. Yeah. You know. So if you're doing that, then what else are they getting? Like a second round pick? I Well, so it depends on how far you're dropping down, right? Like, I don't know. What if, if Washington wants to come up and take Aiden, Hutch, Aiden Richardson at, at nine, dropping down to 16, you're looking at them going, you know that deal that we gave up for Fields? We need that same thing back. We need a first-round pick because that's a long way to drop. Mm-hmm. So first-round pick next year in addition I mean, to I, – And I would say you would need – maybe you do a second-round swap and you ask for their early – their, their mid-second rounder. Mm-hmm. You know, so we go we go up in the second round. We drop in the first. We go up in the second. You drop in the second. You go up in the first, and then we get your extra first-rounder. Yeah, there's all like dollar amounts or point values associated yeah. with different picks and uh, yeah, there's rounds. a system. Blows my mind oh, they, hey, I guess we didn't even talk about it. We didn't even talk about it. Aaron Rodgers got officially traded to the Jets. Yes. Like we didn't actually talk about it. We mentioned during the thing. Did you see what the Bears posted on there? I don't know if it was like Instagram or Twitter or something. It was just that that like gif of the bear. Like it's an actual bear just kind of leaning back and it just starts waving. It's just a bear. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, what are they gonna do oh, now? They're, what are the bears gonna do now? Their owner's gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. Uh, 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 I mean, you can't deny it. The guy has dominated them. Rick, are you gonna get a uh no? He's out of the Packers now. No, you're not, you're not. I still like him. It's just, it's just, there's something, together, something like more. It was something no. more romantic with him in the Packers uniform instead of a jet. Like, I think yeah, it was also. Same thing. I think not it was also because I, when the Rams left, it took me like two or three years to like actually care about the NFL again. But when I did, I was like, all right, I'll refill the Packers. But why? Why the Packers? Because I kind of always liked the Packers, even before, like even when the Rams were here, like I would always, I would tell you, if you asked me deep down before, it was like, yeah, the Rams and then the Packers are my second favorite team. 
it's always kind of, it was always kind of like that. Trying to change them, trying to be a Bears fan, like and hate the Packers. I don't know if I'll ever hate the Packers. <laughs> I don't know. I hate the Kansas City Chiefs a lot more than I hate anybody else in the NFL. <laughs> so you don't say. Well, I I just take that back. I hate Except the, for the LA Rams. <laughs> yeah, I hate the Rams the most. I, I forgot about them. I hate mm-hmm. the Rams Same the most. Rams. And then I hate the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And then I probably hate the Patriots third. Even though I like Mac Jones. You just like to hate them. You know, it's the Patriots. No, it's because if they didn't cheat, I don't think they win the Super Bowl. And I don't if they if the Rams win a second Super Bowl in three years. They never, they're never allowed to leave. The NFL would not have left, no yeah, matter what. Yeah. So if they won that Super Bowl after 9 11, we still have the St. Louis Rams. And I think that's kind of why. Yeah. And plus, St. Louis Boston has a pretty big history of a, a lot of rivalry stuff that goes on baseball, hockey, football. A lot of championships battled against with them. Mm-hmm. So I just hate everybody from Boston. That's why I don't want the Bruins to win the cup. Well, they uh, they didn't advance tonight. I don't know if you saw that. Florida they, scored in Florida, overtime. I did not. I saw them going overtime, and I flipped over to the Cardinals game just in time to see Paul yeah. Goldschmidt go deep. Uh, turnover by the uh, goalie. He uh, oh. uh, gave up the puck, and uh, Florida scored. Kachuk. <clears throat> really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, as a goalie. It, it 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 will not go down in his uh, highlight reel. So, but so is it a little funny? The only question I have about the is it a little weird that Rogers went to the same place at Far Flank? Yes. Like I don't. I think. I think. Well, I don't know. There, there has to be something in the back of Rogers' head, just because he's that guy that is. He's didn't really want to go there right like but he but he did because it's probably the best scenario for him maybe but just because it's like oh you're following those footsteps like Aaron Rodgers isn't that kind of guy like and that's the point like that's why I never thought I never thought the Jets were the actual destination he was going to end up in but he did um and I don't know I do like the number he chose though Oh, what do you choose? Grade eight. Mm. Yeah. Looks kind of funny with Roger on the back. It's going to be weird. I'm surprised that they didn't say, like Joe Namath didn't say, hey, you can have can. He did. Did he? Namath called him and told him he could have Oh, I didn't didn't hear that part. So Rogers just wants to move on completely from it. Yeah, but he's going back to his college number. Yeah, that's that's what he wore. I was gonna say that's what he wore in college, and he's got yeah. uh, so he's got a potential opt out out after next year. He's got four years left on his deal, technically. Um, does he do a farve and work his way out of New York after two years? Also, <laughs> no. I mean, he can he he can leave after one year, right? No, the opt out's after 24. He can just retire, which is what oh, he's trying yeah. to do. Okay. Yeah. The opt out is after, unless it means opt out in 24, but it says opt out 24, which I would assume that means after the 24 season. Yeah. Okay. But I guess it's lined before it. So maybe it is an opt out before the 24 season. 
So you can opt out for the 21st. Yeah, I thought from what I am, my understanding, but I, I, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't 100% know, but I thought it was just like if one year goes by, it, the Jets have no protection other, you know, that if yeah. you walk after one year, they get Well, they get a next year, first round pick if you just start 65% of the point. What a number. <laughs> the Iron Man Aaron Rodgers just has to start 65% of plays for them to get another first round pick. Yeah. If I'm the Jets, I almost hold them back. Be like, eh, maybe we only play 64% of the plays. Paul Goldschmidt just hit a second one and it was an absolute nuke out to right center in, in San Francisco. No, I have it on, but I wasn't watching. <clears throat> two for two, two bombs. Watch out. He's heating up. It's almost May. Um, the other thing was, Matt, the Texans, do you think they actually draft Will Levis, or do you think they trade for Trey Lance? Oh, um, yeah. good question. Well, I don't know if I'd be trading for Trey Lance. Yeah, uh, and especially, uh, I mean, what would you have to trade? I guess you have to see what the trade would be. I don't know. I, don't, I think that's too risky. But I guess the Houston Texans can – Take some risk. They need a lot of help. Well, and the the reason I say them is because of the D'Amico Ryan's connection with him. He's just there with him for a little yeah, bit. Right. And now right. he's their head coach. Yeah, if he, yeah, that that would make sense. I mean, if he knows something, he knows something other people don't. Obviously, so um, yeah, if he feels that it's worth that, you know, I would wouldn't wouldn't I guess that wouldn't surprise me now that I think about it. I just wonder if they don't like if they do draft defense like everybody's saying they're thinking they're actually going to draft two and they draft a wide receiver 12 and they don't take that quarterback do they then go hey we'll give you our second round pick or a third round pick and and whatever for Trey Lance and take a flyer on him that way and not actually waste the first round pick if it doesn't pan out yeah just a thought it's possible I don't know with with the way with the state of the Texans though it's I don't know how old is Trey Lance he's he's only been in the league what two or three years well the same as Justin, Justin Fields yeah so but you're gonna he's gonna come up asking for some money eventually I hear off of that. what well yeah. off of what production yeah seven games yeah yeah that's the, you know what I mean like that's the thing that's why I think and they want to get they want to move him out because they. Kyle Shanahan, it's Brock Purdy, and then he he was made a comment that yeah, I want to draft a quarterback every single year because you just never know. As in, like, just take a flyer. Like, he was the whole reason Kirk Cousins got a flyer taken on him. They drafted RG three the same year in Washington. But oh no, we shall see. I guess. That'll wrap this one up. Uh, I'll get this together and I'll get it over to you guys, and we'll see. Uh, yeah, just how, <laughs> just how right um, we kind of were. So, sound like a plan? Sounds good. Like it. All right, see you guys uh, next week. Talk to you. See you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. 
Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.